Hello, and welcome to the Study Apply Thrive Podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. We call our podcast Study Apply Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the Word of God, we can thrive in every area of life. So grab your Bible, a cup of tea, a journal, and a beautiful pen, and let's get ready to dive into the Word of God. Today's lesson is a recording from women's ministry that we did at our church, Flow Church, in the month of September. Nope, not September, the month of August 2021. The title is Your Merchandise is Profitable, and this teaching is all about embracing the idea of being a lifelong learner. I know that this word will bless you, so go ahead and give it your full attention, and thanks for tuning in. Ladies and welcome to Women's Ministry. I am Pastor Vita Cash, the co-pastor and first lady at Flow Church, and I'm so excited about the word tonight. We're going to have a good time in the word. So do a couple things. Get a cup of tea, your journal, a beautiful pen, a Bible or electronic device. Go ahead and text or reach out to two girlfriends, however you want to reach out to them, and invite them to join us right now because the word is going to be great. And I'm so excited. I hope you are too. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you, God, for just being you. Father, you are so awesome and your promises are true. You are a promise keeper. You're a healer. You are a deliverer. You provide for us, God. You are everything that we need. And we just worship you once tonight, God. You are so worthy of our praise. You are so worthy of our adoration. Father, we ask that you be with us tonight, God. Allow your anointing to flow even through our virtual service, God. Whatever these ladies are in need of, God, I ask that you meet their need according to your riches and glory. Allow the word to come forth with boldness, power, and authority, and anoint our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to receive and comprehend your word that we may be changed. God, we thank you that you've given us the ability to study and apply your word so that we can thrive in every area of life. And we thank you for it now, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before I get into the word, I want to invite everybody watching, and I'm going to say this again at the end, because a couple of your friends are going to be late, so I'm going to say it for them at the end. I want everybody to sign up for the Breathe Conference. The Breathe Conference is a conference that we've done here at Flow Church this year. It will be our sixth year doing that conference, and it's Honest Conversations about depression, anxiety, and stress. And every year we bring in amazing speakers and expert in particular disciplines to help you have a successful managing strategy to deal with stress, depression, and anxiety. And for so long in the kingdom of God, those were words that were very taboo because if you were a woman of faith, you weren't supposed to get depressed. You were not supposed to be stressed. You were not supposed to have um, anxiety. You All you needed was Jesus and Holy Spirit and that was enough. But we've come to learn that women who deal with those things, and there was a time that I dealt with those things, which is the same like women have a right to get healed from cancer, the same way that they have a right to get support from church if they're dealing with something with a dermatology problem or an OB problem, you have a biblical right to get healing and support from your local church when it comes to emotional health. I am a huge advocate for emotional health, and it is my desire to see you whole, body, soul, and spirit. And so you want to attend the Breathe Conference. It will be virtual again this year, but our team is putting together a wonderful interactive experience for you that you will not forget. It's going to be the Breathe Women's Weekend. We have a whole weekend, like a girl's getaway kind of vibe planned for you, and you want to attend this conference You do not want to attend it alone. You want to attend it with your girlfriends. And so we're encouraging you to be a host, to go ahead and invite four or five of your girlfriends and you safely get together using wisdom because we don't want you um, getting sick. We want you to use wisdom. So you get together and you're all vaccinated or you get together and you've all been in a bubble or you get together and you all wear a mask or whatever you need to do, but you want to do it. It's October 22nd, 23rd and 24th. And we're about to just flood your email once a week with more information, but you won't get that information if you don't register. So you need to get the information. Let me tell you what you need to know. There is no registration cost. There will be things that you can purchase, but all of the sessions will be available for you at no cost to you. 
Um, the, the venue is wherever you want to watch it. We have some people who are renting houses. We have some people who are going to be traveling and watching, doing a girls weekend from exotic locations. We have some people who are renting hotel suites or bed and breakfasts. And some people who are just converting their living room, their family room, their dining room or kitchen table into a conference room for the weekend. So the venue is up to you. The cost is nothing to you. It costs us something to put it on, but there's no cost to you. So that's what you need to know in order to make a decision to come. So make a decision now to come and go ahead and invite your family. And we're going to even provide invitations for you once you register. We're going to provide save the dates for you once you register. We'll help you to plan your girls weekend um, around the Breathe Conference. So go ahead and register. You'll see the link in the chat a couple times throughout this service and we'll begin to send you emails. But you want to do that. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. We're going to have, I'm going to minister. Yay! We're going to have uh, one of our, our, our CFO is going to minister about finances. We have Elgin Nakia Grace who's going to minister about leadership development and developing the leader in you. We have Dr. Tony Jones who's going to talk about OBG, um, well, not really OBG. She's going to talk about GYN issues because those are all things that stress us out. Um, our CFO is going to talk about money. That stresses us out. We're going to talk about women's health. We're going to talk about being focused. And the theme for this year's conference is forward focus. And we're going to talk about how to just get all the noise out the channel and focus forward on what God has called you to do in this season at this time in your life. So again, when you see that registration link come up, go ahead and click on it and register. And we're even going to be giving out prizes before the conference gets here for the person who has the uh, invites the greatest number of people or the fifth person who registers. We already passed that number. I don't know what the number is, but we'll put it all in the email because we want to just Fill the airways with the anointing of God around the issue of depression, stress, and anxiety. So you want to register for that. Second announcement is register for the uh, the Brilliant Women's Book Club. Yay! We're going to start reading a new book on this coming Monday, which is August the 30th. The book is going to be fantastic. Um, go ahead and sign up for that. They'll drop the link for that in the chat as well. So you're registering for the Breathe Conference and you're joining the book club. And I'm telling you, this book club is fantastic. We read great books. You get thought-provoking questions and videos every week delivered to your phone via text message to keep you reading the book. Um, and then at the end of the book, we have very engaging book discussions um, that you want to be a part of. And so if you want to continue to grow, not just spiritually, but grow intellectually, grow financially, grow physically, goes, grow uh, socially, you want to be a part of this book club. It is a wonderful way to connect with other like-minded women. It's a way to have accountability in your life. It's a way to grow and to achieve all your goals. There is no cost for you to join the book club. But the only thing that I request that you do is don't join alone. I want you to invite your girlfriends, even if they're not a member of the church yet. I want you to invite your girlfriends to come. Say, come on, girl, read this book with me. There is no cost for you to join and you will never be, you'll never receive a text message asking you for money or asking you for anything like that. We want to get something to you. Now, if the Lord puts it on your heart to, to give, that's fine, but we're not going to ever request anything of you. We're trying to get something to you to make you better. And we know that God will cause fruit to abound to our account because we're being obedient to what God has called us to do. Okay, those are my two announcements. And now I'm going to get into the word. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 7. No, Proverbs chapter 4. And tonight we're going to talk about being lifelong learners and being an expert at something that you have such a, compel, a compelling uh, inclination I guess is how I want to say it from Holy Spirit, that you get to the point in your life that you know that you need to be an expert at something because the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter four, that every joint in the body has a supply and that God created you. When you became born again, he gave you an assignment for your life and he put something on you. He put something in you. I don't care what your life was like before you received Christ. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care what your education level 
level is, how many degrees you have, what your credit score is, what your income bracket is. None of those things matter when it comes to the assignment of God for your life. God put something on you and he wants you to be great at something. He's called you to go be great. And a way that you're going to do that is that you have to make a commitment to being a lifelong learner and receiving everything that God has for you so that you can be great at the discipline or the expertise or the field to which he's called you. And we as women, we never get to a place that we have arrived when it comes to education or we have arrived when it comes to our expertise. We have to be in a position of always learning, of always receiving, of always being a wisdom sponge, of always being accountable, because those are the things that's gonna allow us to prosper in every area of life. And I wanna talk about the virtuous woman tonight one aspect of her about her ability to learn, but I have to take you through some other scriptures to really build a case because I want you to leave this session tonight fully convinced that you have something to offer the kingdom of God and that your life is designed to be profitable, that you're not designed to be poor, not poor financially, not poor socially, not poor intellectually, not poor physically. You are designed, God created you to prosper in every area of life. And that prosperity is directly connected with your wisdom and how much you pursue wisdom and how much you value the wisdom of God. And when I say wisdom, again, I'm not talking about you having a PhD, although a PhD is good and I will probably pursue one when I finish being a homeschool mom. I'm not knocking a PhD or a doctor or any other degree, but your wisdom is not necessarily tied to a degree. It's not necessarily tied to what type of school you attended, but is your willingness to absorb this word because for us, all wisdom is filtered through the word of God and it's your ability to absorb the word of God, be molded into the woman that God wants you to be, being willing to let go of traditions that no longer serve you, let go of thinking and mentality that no longer brings profit to your life. And we're gonna define profit in a second, but first I wanna share with you a scripture in Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. And this is, I'm gonna start reading in verse five and I'm reading from the King James version for this. And then for the rest of the night, I'll switch over to the, uh, the English standard version. This is a scripture, one of the first scriptures that I taught both of my children. And this is a scripture that means so much to the Cash family. It means a lot to Flow Church. It means a lot to our leadership team. And this is something that both of my children can recite because they understand that this is such a key to living a life for Christ. You receive Jesus and they know Romans 10, 9 and 10. They know how they got saved. But then after you get born again, you have to know some things in order to progress in the things of God. And so it says here in Proverbs chapter four, I'm gonna start at verse five. It says, get wisdom. There's no question there. Get wisdom. Like when you're a mom and you tell your children, get your shoes, get your coat get these toys off the floor. You're not asking a question. You're not making a suggestion. You're making a bold declaration, a commandment, if you will, get wisdom. And then it says, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she will keep thee. And the she here is wisdom. We're seeing God relating wisdom with the feminine gender, but that's not important. Just threw that in there. Verse seven says, wisdom is the principal thing. What's the principal thing? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Verse eight, exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee honor when thou dost embrace her. So it says that embracing wisdom and exalting wisdom shall promote thee. That's promotion across the board in all areas of your life. And it shall bring you honor. And so sometimes we're working hard to get people to honor us. Well, why won't they respect me? Or why don't they like my business? And why, why can't I get more customers? And why can't I get more members? And why can't I do this? You have to ask yourself, are you exalting wisdom? Are you getting wisdom? Are you getting understanding? Are you holding on tight to wisdom? Or are you holding on to what you used to know? Because this is a living word. It's not a stale word. It's a living word. 
And you can read the same scripture 100 times. But if you read it 100 times with an open heart, every single time you read it, you're going to see 100 different things in it because Holy Spirit is alive and he's always teaching us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's also a counselor. He's also a comforter. And he teaches us what we should say when we should say it. And so as a woman of faith, as a woman who is a part of the Flow Church community, I want to encourage you to have a life that is committed to getting wisdom, a life that is committed to absorbing the wisdom of God and then filtering all the other things of wisdom that you get, the books you read, the classes um, you take, the documentaries you watch, the talks you go to, filtering those things through the wisdom of God. And when you do that, you'll begin to see promotion and honor come on your life like never before. And so as we're moving into September, which is traditionally back to school time. And if you're a mom, you're preparing your children for school. And if you're an auntie, you're helping somebody else prepare their children for school. But I want you to think about this as a season for you to start learning again for you to pick or connect with the expertise that God has for you and for you to be a lifelong learner and you to spend some time in prayer saying, God, I know I know some stuff about this, but what more do you want to show me? What more can I learn? How can I expand? How can I grow? How can I get better? How can I get wisdom and get understanding and forget it not and not let it go? Now switch over to Proverbs chapter 31. I'm going to switch Bibles because I want to read this one out the English Standard Version. And this is so good to me. And this is another scripture that I have taught my 11-year-old daughter. This is something that she knows is something that we recite almost every day because as a woman of faith and a young woman of faith, this is something that as a mom, I absolutely need her to know and that her dad needs her to know and that her older brother needs her to know. So this is here in Proverbs chapter 31, and we're going to look at verse 13. And again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, this is the prosperous woman. Um, the Yeah, the, yeah, okay. <laughs> verse 18, uh, the virtuous woman. There you go. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. And her merchandise there is whatever God has given her to offer the world. It is her intellect. It is her anointing. It is her business. It's her expertise. It's her presence. It's her mannerisms. It's her beauty. It's her compassion. It's her philanthropic work. Whatever God has given her to offer the world is her merchandise. And she has an understanding that everything that God gives me to give to someone else, it should bring profit to me, that it's valuable. So I never go into an environment hoping that that environment makes me. I go into the environment knowing that I make the environment. And that's not being arrogant. That's not being conceited. That's not being proud. That's being a woman who fully knows who she is because she's absorbed and adapted and exalted the, the wisdom of God for her life. And she knows that her merchandise is valuable, that whatever she has to offer is supposed to bring profit to her life. And so profit in a real spiritual way is saying the overflow, that your life and what you offer other people is supposed to bring an overflow to you. And when you think about Psalms 23, it says that my cup runneth over. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it runneth over. And so that anointing on your life is what brings you, is what gives you the ability and the empowerment to have merchandise to give. And when you have that merchandise and give that merchandise, it's supposed to bring an overflow or supposed to bring profit to your life. And that profit is finances, but it's also favor. It's also a favorable outcome. It's also compassion. It's also grace. It's also mercy. So because you have become an expert at providing and distributing the merchandise that God has assigned to you, it's supposed to bring some profit to your life. You should go into every arena in every room, in every situation. And even though you're there to give your merchandise, you have an expectation that you're supposed to receive because what God has given you to give to the world is profitable. You have profit. 
And the way that I have taught it to my 11-year-old is we, we interchange the word profit for value, that what you have has value to it. So nobody should ever take advantage of it. Nobody should ever disrespect it. Nobody should ever shun it. That you, and when you go into an environment and your merchandise is not valued, that it's not the right environment for you. And at the young age of 11, she knows that she can recite it. If you ask her, are you valuable? She says, absolutely. And if you ask her, well, what does that mean? Is she says it means that I have something to give and people should respect what I have to give because she knows that she's supposed to be living in the overflow. And so woman of God, I want you to know that what God has given you, the expertise, the business idea, the ministry idea, the job, the everything that God has given you to share with the world, it's valuable, it's profitable, and it should bring some profit to your life. But the way that you can begin to measure the value of your merchandise is how much time have you invested in getting the wisdom that you need to make it better. You should always be invested in making your merchandise better. If you're a teacher, you should be invested in getting more education classes. If you own a business, you should be invested in learning more about your particular business and then learning about how to do business. If you're a mom, you should be invested in learning how to be a better mom. If you're a wife, you should be plugged into 221 every month learning how to be a better wife so that when you give out your merchandise, the people receiving it automatically identify its value that you don't have to make a declaration. You don't have to make signs. You don't have to wear it on a t-shirt to say I'm valuable. But when it's something about you, when you walk into the room, people receive you as valuable because of the way you carry yourself, because you've invested the time, you've invested the money, You've invested the space in your home to be a lifelong learner, to absorb the wisdom that we saw in Proverbs chapter four, so that you can be so confident about the merchandise that you give. And then you'll get to a point that you no longer give away your merchandise for free, that there is a cost associated with getting your expertise. There's a cost associated with doing business with you. And sometimes that cost will be money, but sometimes it'll be an investment in you as a friend that everybody can't have access to me and everybody can't get my expertise, but there's a cost associated. Just like there's a cost associated with going into the holies of holies, that you have to have a pure heart, that God said that anybody can call me father, but only those who worship me in spirit and in truth can really enter into my presence. So you begin to model your life after your father. And that's where the prophet really comes in. When you stop giving away everything that you are and everything that you do for free, but you begin to have to require people to make an exchange with you. I'm going to give you some of my education expertise, but in exchange, you give me your accounting expertise. And I'm going to give you some of this, but in exchange, you need to be committed to being a friend to me. And I'm going to be there to be accountable for you, but in exchange, you need to be accountable for me. And that's how you begin to build profit when you stop giving away all of your merchandise for free, because you know how how valuable it is. And somebody said, oh, she's talking right to me. That's good because you're tired of feeling depleted. You're tired of feeling like I do everything for everybody and nobody ever does anything for me. Stop doing that and see the value of what you have. You are profitable and God is giving you an expertise. He's giving you something for you to barter with. He's giving you something to make your mark in life. He's giving you something to be associated with. When people hear your name, they automatically think about something specific. Uh, Pastor Russell did an exercise with our leadership team probably about, I don't know, three years ago. We had a leadership meeting it was the same meeting that happened over the course of a month that he met with us every week for a month. And he challenged us to identify the one thing that God wanted us to leave in the earth. He said, if everything else about this particular thing fell away or disappeared or different exi didn't exist, and you were the only person in the earth who knew about this particular topic, how would you care for that assignment? How would you dispense that information? How would you see yourself? How would you value that information? So for example, my one thing is education. I am an educator. I preach the gospel, but I preach it like a teacher. I am a homeschool teacher. 
I teach, I'm a homeschool mom for my daughter. I write curriculum for other people. I'm often invited to consult with uh, institutions of education on how to improve their processes and their management systems. I am an educator. And so for me, the, the exercise was, if there was nothing else in the world about education, what would you bring? Could God trust you to be a distribution center for wisdom about education? And someone else on the team was development, that they realized that their calling life was to develop other people. And somebody else on the team realized that theirs was encouragement. And someone else on the team realized that there was theirs was bringing joy to fitness. And someone else on the team realized that their was, you know, it was all of us were realizing that thing. And that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you do in life. But if you had to label yourself with a particular title, that would be the primary thing that you would do. And then everything else that you did fell under that. And so as you're looking at becoming a lifelong learner, I want you to identify who you are in God. Identify the assignment that God has for you and then begin to invest in becoming better at that thing. And when you become better at that thing, all of the other things underneath will fall in place. Again, mine is education. So I began investing time and buying more books and doing seminars about being an educator. But when I did that, guess what? My preaching got better. When I did that, my homeschool design got better. When I did that, the consulting that I did did gotten better. When I did that, my writing improved. Everything else began to fall in place because I identified that one thing and I realized that that merchandise was valuable and I was committing to getting the wisdom that I needed so that I can have a valuable merchandise or a profitable merchandise to share with the world. And again, it's not all about money, but it's about you valuing what you have to offer and knowing that it came from God, not that it came from your flesh and not that it came from you wanting to be like the next person, but it's something that God specifically told you to do. So here's two truths that I need you to embrace. The first one is that you have something to offer. Let me see la that because some people struggle with that. You have something to offer. And it's not you being somebody's doormat. It's not you being somebody, uh, somebody's ride all the time. It's not you just doing for other people, but you, the essence of who you are, you have something to offer and it is worth your time and your energy to identify what that thing is if you don't already know what it is. So that's truth number one. You have something to offer. And the second truth is that what you have to offer is valuable and it should bring you profit. It is valuable and it should bring you profit, financial profit. It should bring you the profit of favor on your life. It should bring you the profit of a favorable outcome. It should bring you the profit of grace and mercy coming from others. Grace and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. It should bring you the profit of good relationships. It should bring you the profit of good a good marriage. It should bring you the profit of good health. It should bring you the profit of sweet sleep that your life and the merchandise that you have should bring you profit in every area of your life. And that's a gift and a promise that God has for you. Now flip over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, I pray that this is blessing y'all. It's blessing me. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to start at verse 1, and I want to read this because I want you to understand that your gift isn't necessarily like somebody else's gift, and the way that you do your gift is not necessarily the way that someone else does their gift, that you and another person can have the exact same merchandise, but God will give you completely different ways to merchant, to package it, to give it out than what you do. 
that you're not designed to be a cookie cutter. You're not designed to be just like someone else, that God made you unique. And just because you don't do something like someone else doesn't devalue what God has given you. Just because this ministry isn't like another ministry does not devalue this ministry or devalue that ministry. Just because Pastor Russell doesn't talk like the other pastor doesn't devalue the other pastor and it doesn't devalue him. Just because you don't sew like someone else or just because you don't cook like someone else or just because you don't wear your hair like someone else's or because you don't parent like someone else, that doesn't matter because your merchandise is still valuable. Your merchandise is still profitable and it's designed to bring profit to your life. So here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them in all power empowers them all and everyone. To everyone is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For okay, I'm gonna stop there. So it's saying that there are different ways, there is the same gift, but different administrations, and the same gift, but different operations, and the same gift but a different manner of sharing it with the world, but it's all for the benefit of the kingdom. And it goes on to say that some are given the gift of prophecy and some the gift of teaching and some the gift of healing and some the gift of discerning of turn, discerning of tongues and some the gift of administration. So he's going through and saying all the gifts that were given, but people will have the same gift, but they will administer it differently, but it's coming from the same God and it's coming through the same spirit. So just because your merchandise or your gift doesn't look like somebody else's, doesn't exempt you from the requirement to keep learning. And you can't just learn from your mentor. You have to, at some point, hear from God about what you should be doing and how you should be doing it and what God has called you to do. You have a call of God on your life, you have something valuable to offer the world and it should bring you profit. Now look at Genesis chapter two. I pray that this is blessing you. Genesis chapter two. Well, Pastor Vita, how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know what my merchandise is? And this is where getting in the face of God, being willing to pray, being willing to fast, being willing to be around other women of like precious faith, being willing to just talk to God, being willing to read the word. Remember, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom comes through prayer. Wisdom comes through fasting. Wisdom comes through reading the word. Wisdom comes through fellowship with other people of like precious faith. Wisdom comes from being taught the word of God on Sunday. Wisdom comes through talking about the word of God at your study group. Wisdom comes from reading books by anointed men and women of God. Wisdom comes from a lot of different channels. And so when you really want to get down to the core of what your merchandise is and what you should be doing it and how you should be doing it, you have to understand as a woman of God that it comes from God. Now here in Genesis chapter two, let's look at verse 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So God took the man that he created. He put him in the garden for him to dress it and to keep it. Now, God specifically told Adam what he wanted him to do. Specifically, God told Adam, you are a landscaper. You're a landscaper. Here's this garden. If you go up and read the beginning of chapter two, it says that God created the garden God caused the vegeta the vegetation and the plants to grow. It says that God put rivers in the garden. It says that God put gold in the garden for Adam's provision, it's for his enjoyment because he didn't have to buy anything. There's also onyx stones and other gems in the garden. And God set up this whole arena for Adam, put Adam in the middle, 
told Adam to dress it and to keep it. Or in other words, he told Adam that he was a landscaper. Now look at verse 19. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was their name thereof. So in addition to God having Adam be a landscaper, God also gives Adam the assignment of taxonomy. And taxonomy is a word that's associated with zoology. It is a group of scientists, a taxonomist, and I know this because I'm a homeschool mom, <laughs> a person whose job is to name new species of animals that every year they discover more animals, specifically insects, and in zoology, insects are considered animals because they're living creatures. And it's their job to name them and then to put them into certain categories to group them with other animals of, or other creatures that look like them, that function like them. So Adam had two jobs for him to dress and keep the garden as a landscaper and then for him to do taxonomy and for him to label and put the animals in categories. Now, when you want to know what your merchandise is, it's going to be value to your life. You get that directly from God. God speaks it directly to your spirit. And it might not happen in a dream, but it might happen by you being in a service and hearing your pastor say something, or it might be by you being at the Breathe Conference and one of the speakers say something, or it could be that a girlfriend invites you to a new restaurant that exposes you to something new. And when you get there, it resonates with you. So God will show you exactly what it is. But what's so exciting about this particular passage to me is that God gave Adam two ways of doing something. He gave him the assignment of being a landscaper and he gave him the assignment of being a taxonomist or to do taxonomy and label and classify the animals. And the reason why that's excited is because for some reason we get over into the kingdom of God, we're told that we're supposed to be one person, that there's only one way for us that you can only be a preacher or you can only be a pastor or you can only be a baker or you can only own one business where you can only do this, but we see God giving Adam his life assignment. And from the very beginning, he gives him two things to do. So don't allow anybody to tell you that you can't have more than one passion, but there's one that's going to be the primary thing to dress in to keep the garden. And then a subset of that is the, these animals are in the garden. You have to name them. So you will have one umbrella thing that you do, but there are other things that God will reveal to you under that. Pastor Russell is a leader. His one thing is leadership and he's the leader of this church. But underneath that, he's also the leader of a business. And underneath that, he's also a community leader who sits on boards and uh, several boards. And he's also a leader in industry. And he's also a leader here. So leadership is addressing to keep it. But within that realm, there are other things. And so when you are pursuing wisdom and getting understanding for your life, you'll realize that God created you to be a multifaceted woman. And in, in, in the world, when people do it, we say that they're a mogul. But for some reason in the kingdom, if we try to be multifaceted, people say we out of faith. And we need to just stick with that one thing. Don't allow somebody to put you in a box. If God can give Adam more than one thing to do, he can give you more than one thing to do. If God can use Adam in more than one way, he can use you in more than one way. And we know that in addition to having two full-time jobs, Adam was a worshiper because when he fell, it says that God came looking for Adam walking through the garden in the cool of the day, as was the custom that Adam fellowship with God on a regular basis. And then he had a family and then he had to take care of the garden and he had to name the animals and he had to look at the gold and he had to do all these other things. And you have been graced to be able to do everything that God strikes, uh, puts in your hand, that God charges to your hand. And it should be bringing profit to your life. It should not be stressing you out. It should not be overwhelming to you because whatever God tells you to do, he's given you the empowerment to do it. So let that go and get free to be whoever God called you to be and do whatever God charged you your hands. Now, I just want to give you a couple of examples 
of some women in the Bible who God gave labels to. And the first one is going to surprise you. It's Joshua chapter two and it's Rahab. And we're not going to turn there. But in Joshua chapter two, it says that the men, the spies went into the city to Rahab the harlot's house. And so even though her profession wasn't what we would want it to be, but she understood, I got to have a profession and she was a harlot. But before you throw stones at her, remember in Hebrews chapter 11, she's the only woman listed in the cloud of faith witnesses and so when she when she came in contact with the men of God she stopped being a harlot and she became an evangelist and the same hospitality gift she had that she was using for bad she turned it for good and so we see in Hebrews that she is listed in the crowd of witnesses so sometimes you using your gift wrong but God can still turn around and the production team is in here cracking up but it is the truth. So don't allow anybody to remind you of what you used to be. And I've said this many times. I've been saying this for years. Used to be by definition means I'm not that anymore. And I used to be a harlot. But guess what? I'm the only woman who's listed in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 in the great crowd of witnesses. And so this woman was able to turn her life around by tapping into the wisdom of God, by getting wisdom and getting understanding. And when she did that, it promoted promoted her and it brought her honor. That's Rahab. And then we have Deborah in Judges verse four, cha chapter four, verse four. It says that she was married, but she was the judge and she was the ruler. So we had, and they called her a prophetess. So she was the prophetess, which means that she was serving in ministry and she was the judge, which means that she had a full-time job. What? You can do both. You can be in ministry and have a business. You can be in ministry and work a job and not dishonor God. And you can be a woman and ministry and a woman leading in the in the government yes you can do that so that was uh, Deborah and that was Rahab and then over in Romans chapter 16 I'm going to turn there because I want you to see I'm going to read this one Roman I hope this is blessing y'all because you have to know what your merchandise is. You have to know what you have to offer. You have to boldly offer it. Don't allow fear. Don't allow being intimidated. Don't allow your past. Don't allow any of that stuff to stop you. It says, verse 1, Romans chapter 1, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at, uh, at that place. <laughs> So here she is, a woman who is a servant in the kingdom of God. What's that? Women are supposed to serve in ministry. Who told you that? That's not what the Bible says. And then it says, verse 3, in Greek, Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. So here is the apostle Paul talking, and he lists these two women as his helpers. And so these women understood their value. They understood that their merchandise was profitable, and they understood that they had something to offer to the world. And I want you to know that you have something to offer to the world. You have something to offer. Now we're going to close here. Go back to uh, Proverbs chapter 31. I'm bouncing back and forth between these two Bibles as I like the different translations. Proverbs 31. Somebody put in the chat, my life is valuable. My life brings profit. Okay. 18. Same verse that we started with. We back circle. She, perce she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Let's look at the end of that verse here. Her lamp does not go out at night. What is she up doing at night after she perceives that her merchandise is valuable? She's up learning. She's up studying. She's up perfecting her craft. She's up preparing for her family at night so that it will free her up to do her business in the morning. She's up, and this is bringing it fast forward to 2021. She's up taking an online class. She's up talking to her girlfriends, being accountable to each other, giving each other blow by blow of where you are with your goals. She's up listening to Study Apply Thrive podcast. She's up reading another chapter from the book from Brilliant Women. She's up just going over meditating the questions from study group. She's up doing Proverbs 4, getting wisdom and getting understanding, forgetting it not, exalting it, 
holding on to it so that it can promote her and it can bring her honor. The virtuous woman is someone that most women in the faith want to be. Most women in the kingdom want their lives to respect, to reflect for a virtuous woman. We want our family to speak well of us. We want to have maidens to help us with our home. We want to wear the fine royal clothes. We want our family to have a good reputation in the city because of us. But this is the verse that really nails home how she did that. She perceived her own value and then she was willing to stay up late or get up early or basically just put in the time to study and research and learn and get the wisdom that she needed to produce the very best merchandise for the people that she loved the most. So women of God, as we go into September, I want you committed to being a lifelong learner. This is something that a model that I live by, something that I've been teaching for years, that a wise woman always has options. That's something that I've been saying for years. A wise woman always have options. I'm never out of options when I have wisdom. I am never out of options when I have wisdom. If you tell me no, I'm wise enough to know that somebody else is going to tell me yes. If you tell me it can't be done, I'm wise enough to know I'm talking to the wrong person. If you tell me that I only um, I need this amount of money and I don't have that much, I'm wise enough to know that if I sow a seed in faith, that that seed will bring forth a harvest and produce what I need. I'm wise enough to know that mercy and faith and mercy and favor follow me all the days of my life. I'm wise enough to know that my father said that he'll uh, cause me to lie down in green pastures and he'll lead me beside the still waters. That means that I don't have to always be stressed out. So whatever you try to bring to me to tell me that I don't have options, whatever kind of box you try to put me in, I have enough wisdom to know that that's not the case for my life because a wise woman always has options. So sometimes I got to stay up late to get more wisdom. Sometimes I got to get up early to get more wisdom. Sometimes I got to forego the new bag, the, the, the new real nice bag that I want, because that's the same amount that the class will take, will cost. I got to take that money and leave the bag on the shelf so that I can go and take the class and then I can come back and buy stock in the bag company. There'll be residual income for me. I have to have that wisdom so that I always have options in life and so that I can go into every room as an ambassador for Christ, armed with my merchandise, armed with my wisdom so that I can bring profit to everybody I see, including profit back to myself. So women, get into the face of God. Your homework is to identify what God has called you to do what you need to be doing. And if you don't know what that is, we want I want you to tune in to our Sunday service this Sunday. Pastor Russell was teaching on, he just finished teaching on, on an enjoyable life. If you missed that series, you need to get that series. It was so dynamic and so powerful. But now he's teaching on vision. And on this past Sunday, he taught about the vision of Flow Church, which was amazing. Go back and listen to that. But if you just stay connected, God will begin to speak to you about how to identify the assignment and the merchandise for your life. Just like he spoke to Adam and Rahab and Deborah and Priscilla and Phoebe and Aquila and Mary and the woman at the well and all these other women that we know in the Bible, Titus and his mother and his grandmother. And he spoke to all the women in the Bible, Naomi and Ruth and Esther. God has an assignment for you and it's profitable. And it's valuable, but I need for you to receive that it's valuable. And because it's valuable for you to value it so much that you put in the time and the effort to get wisdom and get understanding so you can be better. I pray that the word blessed you. I love you so very much, but God loves you most. And if you've never uh, began a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to do that today. If you click on the button that says, I need prayer, a counselor can walk you through the process of receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can also hit that button and someone can tell you how to join this church. Once you get born again, you need to connect with the word teaching church. This is the one for you. You, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you can live anywhere in this world and be a member of this church. You can live anywhere in this world and attend a weekly small group Bible study that we call study groups as long as you have Wi-Fi. You can be a member of this church and live anywhere in this world and we will find a place for you to serve in ministry from a distance. We are ministry designed to take the gospel to the globe and we have ways that you can enter, be interactive with us. But you're not just watching us, but you can actually talk to a live person. You can do a video 
video conference with a live person. You can have real connections here. So if you don't have a church home, you need to make this your church home today. Make it, There's no excuse. We will teach you the word of God. We will promise you that you never have to fight a battle alone. Our leadership team will live the example of the word for you. We're not asking you to be perfect because we're not perfect, but we do want you connected because there are certain things that you can only get through membership. And the first membership is becoming a member of God's family or God's kingdom through receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's first and foremost. And then secondly, for you to connect with a good church. We are a good church. Pastor Russell is an amazing pastor. He will love you enough to tell you the truth. He will love you enough to teach you the truth and always be an example of integrity and godliness before you. And then I stand right at his side doing the same thing. And then our leadership stand right at our side, the whole leadership team, a team of people of integrity of honesty, of humility, of genuine character. This is the place for you to be. And I'm telling you, study groups, once you join the church, join the study group. Now, I'm a part of Tuesday study group because that's a study group designed for people with young children. And I have a child under the age of 12. And that is the best study group for families. But there's a study group that meets every single day of the week, except for Friday and Sunday. Sunday, we have Sunday service. Uh, Friday, our offices are closed. And so every other day of the week, you can get a study group. You can get them in the evening. There's some that meet during the day, but that's your tribe. That's a group of people who will pray with you. They'll celebrate with you. They'll mourn with you. You'll have a study group leader that will counsel you and help you and just get you acclimated, get you started on new members class and get you started on all these things. So you want to join the church and you want to be with us this Sunday. You want to register for the Breathe Conference, which is honest conversations about stress, anxiety, and depression. You want to join the Brilliant Women's Book Club. You want to just be connected. Listen, be all in. Just be a member of Proverbs 4, say get wisdom. Now I'm telling you, be all in. Not a suggestion, be all in. And then lastly, we are a community of givers. We give. On this past Monday, our outreach team went and delivered a whole truck full of supplies to Bowie State University to help their students there who are homeless or um, at a financial disadvantage. And we delivered all kinds of supplies to them from personal toiletries to juice and food and non-perishables, a whole truckload. That's not the first time we've done that. We do it every year and we support those students throughout the year. We support the homeless. We support women's shelters. We support men's shelters. We send books to children's hospital. We are always doing something and your giving provides for that. We are a debt-free church, so we're not asking you to give to help us get out of debt. We are a debt-free ministry, but we are called to teach the gospel, to impact the community, to exhibit Christ, and to draw thousands. And your giving helps us do that. It helps us to be able to provide these services to teach the gospel. It provides for us to be able to impact the community by outreach and going into the community. It gives us the ability to be able to exhibit Jesus by doing everything in excellence with the spirit of excellence like David and it gives us the resources to be able to draw thousands through advertising and marketing and having visibility um, in the community and online or on social media. So your giving helps to promote the vision of this church. Be a giver. Don't do giving, be giving. Be a giver. So like uh, Adam was a landscaper and he did taxonomy I want you to have your one or two things. And at the end of that list, I want it to be feeling the philanthropist, that you're a giver, that it's just something that you do. You would be in good company because we are a group of givers. So go ahead and sow tonight. You're sowing to the church and they'll put that information up there for you to get your seed in the ground so that you can have harvest. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that's what he's going to reap. And then it also says that when you sow into the kingdom, that you're going to reap kingdom benefits. There's so many scriptures about sowing and you're not sowing grudgingly or because somebody made you is because you want to do it. You're giving out of a cheerful heart. You're not going to be cursed if you don't give, but there is a blessing associated with giving and you want the blessing of giving on your life. Well, thank you for tuning in tonight. I love you guys so much. I will see you on Sunday. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you and we'll see you soon.